Welcome to another episode of the Classic Car Corner Podcast. Thanks for joining us again today. And our guest this evening has quite an automotive background. But first, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Springdale Automotive Centers, the next generation in car care, locally owned, professionally operated, whatever you drive, we service. Domestic, Euro, hybrid, electric, classics, diesel. Springdale's car services include maintenance, repair, and diagnostics. Four convenient neighborhood locations. How can they be of service? I'm Jason Painter. John Lockhart and Eric Benzel could not be with us tonight, but we welcome back Mr. Paul Broughton, who has quite a story to tell on uh, his uh, background in the automotive industry. And he's got a fun story to talk about on who he met, I believe, in Pebble Beach. Am I correct here? Okay. And uh, so, again, Paul, thank you for joining us a second time around here. And uh, we'd like to hear your story about uh, the famous car guy you met in Pebble Beach. Oh, hi, Jason. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. Uh, As I had told you uh, before, I was uh, happened to be president of the local BMW car club in central california and the year that uh i happened to be uh, president of that club uh we would go to monterey uh, as a group sit in turn five and watch all the car races and mm-hmm. so forth uh but we decided to sponsor uh, a clean car contest mm-hmm. for anybody that wanted to bring a uh, imported car, which was interesting, uh, that refereeing, right. but <laughs> right. it was, uh, it was not meant to be a concourse. It was just meant to be fun to gather everybody that liked cars. Uh, and it was at a local, local club and simultaneous to what we were doing was, uh, the, uh, Pebble Beach, um, classic for mm-hmm. antique cars and i happened to know that uh jay leno was going to be there mm-hmm. and that he was going to uh, show a car and i should remember that car i know what it looks like but i can't tell you the name of it i got you okay right. but i do know that he had spent uh, a lot of money and a lot of time with the shop to restore this car or bring it up to uh, show condition and uh, so uh, on one of the off days that we had that I wasn't involved with our with our club I decided we'd go over and see the concourse de elegance right uh, and it was it's a beautiful setting and mm-hmm. some of the people wear their period clothes and they go around these fine all, and they, they're like little jewels out right. there on the, that golf course. It's just mm-hmm. absolutely, and the ocean behind it, just absolutely spectacular. Right. And so, uh, anyway, uh, well, I was uh, have I have a way that I can kind of uh, I've always been able to kind of walk into a situation and just go right in like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, good. Like, like I'm a fetish, uh, like I'm a official press or something like that. But I got up next to the judges stand when they were, when the cars were coming by. Uh, and, uh, there were, there are a number of the, they, they go through, uh, 
the judges all mill around and do all the things that are done by class and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they, uh, they narrow it down to the top cars. And then there's a little uh, elevated area by the club that they would drive up to and you would get the official photographs made of whoever won that, that class. And uh, we had spent, gee, you could spend a day there, but we'd spent several hours just looking at the beautiful machinery and, mm-hmm. and knowing, knowing the time and the detail that that took to get there and the dollars that it oh, did right. if, you, if you didn't do it yourself, what, right. it, was, what it entailed. And uh, so I was aware uh, of his car, but didn't see him at that point in time. Part of that is because it would be distracting. Uh, some of those celebrities like uh, Ralph Lauren and some of those people that have cars, they they're not there. Mm-hmm. They're there for the, the official stuff, but they don't mill around. Right. So anyway, uh, I, like to, I like to take photographs, too, of cars and so forth. So the uh, the class that he was in uh, was coming up, and I'm saying I'm kind of watching it, and I said, "Oh, looks like he's one of the finalists there," you know. And I said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna get a picture of this," and so he came up, and and they announced it, and he came up, and and it was. Uh, Kind of like I would imagine if a boy got a new twelve year old boy got his first new bicycle, you know he yeah. was he was grinning from ear to ear, he was so happy, he was excited, and I, I captured that moment. I got it perfectly mm-hmm. as they were presenting him in his car and and he was just thrilled. you could tell that uh, that he was, and so uh, we dispersed and went about our things. And so during the event, uh, BMW had uh, uh, a number of um, exhibits that were by invitation that you could go see some of their classic cars and their race cars and so forth. And I had invited him to come, uh, which I could do, uh, to that. And uh, he, I saw him coming up and... I said, this is my guest, and everybody knew who it was. They weren't going to tell him no anyway. <laughs> right, right. Went around. I said, I just wanted to let you know. I said, uh, uh, congratulations on your win today. And uh, and uh, I, I know that was a, a fun thing for him. He said, oh, he said, you can't believe it. He said, I'm just I'm on cloud nine mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, that struck a note with me. I didn't say any more to him. So anyway – after <coughs> excuse me mm-hmm. after the weekend was over i went back and uh that was before these digital cameras that we have i had to actually take some film in and get it processed i got and, you right and you know, see what came out and it came out to pretty be a pretty nice photograph and i i said how large can i make this and they said uh, I guess there's a pixel count that they know what will enlarge before it gets too grainy to right. see. And I said I don't need it to be, you know, you know, real detail, but I'd like it to be pretty presentable. So it was about uh, a 16 by 20 okay. size, large enough that it 
you know, was not, it, it was nice. Right. And that happened to be a nice standard size for a frame. And I said, okay, I'll take that. And so uh, I got it enlarged and framed it up and boxed it up, and I sent it off to him. And uh, so uh, those things, you never know exactly if if they're going to get there or not right. or, you know, if the, if the who opened it and what they're going to do with it. Uh, but I was uh, in my office at home, and phone rings and I was the only one home my wife and the son were gone I was the only one there and phone rings hi Paul this is Jay Leno and I thought <laughs> I got a friend of mine that would do stuff like that and I said <laughs> I, I said right you uh, know uh, and uh. it turned out he's no no it really is and he said yeah I saw you at Monterey well I knew then that it was said I got your picture he said I just love it he said I've already put it up he said I can't thank you for that enough he said if mm -hmm. i can do anything mm -hmm. uh, uh ever for you you know let me know here's my uh here's my uh, secretary's name you t tell her i'm one of your car guy friends okay. and he'll, you'll get you in and i said well as it turns out i'm gonna be picking up a new porsche down in los angeles and uh I'm, my son and I are going to go down there, and I said, maybe we can stop by the show. He said, no problem. You know, I said, here's a number, call her, and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I said, great, you know. So we had that all arranged that that we would go down and uh, go to the – take the car and then go to the show and see a show. Now, that they filmed that in the early afternoon. It's like mm – -hmm. Two or three, okay, in the afternoon, that doesn't come on till eleven, right? You know, <laughs> right. But that's why everybody's so fresh. But anyway, in California, they can get get more people that way. We found that out. So we go in, and and uh, she tells us what to do. And there's a kind of like a VIP entrance that you go in, and uh, they seat you differently than the other it's not they just don't turn everybody loose mm -hmm. so we got some special seating nice. we were there and and that was fun all of that was fun not even remember who the guest was but it was a, a nice show and it was fun to be there but <clears throat> prior to his coming on they have a warm-up guy mm -hmm. that comes out his job is to get the audience all revved up and excited right and uh and the guy was kind of funny, and and uh, he said, uh, "Well, you're in luck today. We've got our cannon today, or air gun, or something like that. I forgot what what they called it." And uh, he had, I was at the Tonight Show T-shirts. Okay, right. And they put it in a, a compressor air gun and shoot it out in the audience. Well, my son and I are fairly competitively sports people but together we're we're kind of dangerous you know <laughs> okay right i yeah. said if he gets up if he gets over here i'm getting one of those mm -hmm. but we didn't know how far they were going to shoot it and how many we were going and sure enough one came our direction and we were right near we were the second tier up of seats and there was about a four foot drop to the next level and I was 
I was over the bar, over the rail, and my son had me by the back of my <laughs> belt of my pants <laughs> right. to keep me from falling over, but I got it. And yeah, I said, there, here yeah. you go, you know. Nice. And so um, you hang on to this now, and, and we'll we'll do something with that. And I said, okay. So we <clears throat> we got out of the show, and and went outside and where where we had parked was very close to where Leno had parked his uh, it was a Renault Renault um, Alpine or something it, like that yeah it's, it's, it looked like one of those um, ones that they go over the the race over the what do you recall those things the, the the cars that they run out in the was it a rally? Uh-huh. Right, okay. rally car. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I right. couldn't remember what it was. Had wing on the back okay. and flared tires and all that stuff. Uh, was it a LaCar? <clears throat> no, but it looked like one. Okay. Gotcha. All right. A little square boxy mm-hmm. little thing. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And um, I saw him come out and I heard it. And I said, that's Leno. He's gonna... And sure enough, it was. And so I said, here, take this T-shirt. Get him to sign it. And so he he didn't exactly know what to do, but anyway, he runs out to the there before he get out of the parking lot. He had to stop, and there's a little, little traffic signal there. My son runs out there and he says, "Hey, you know, my dad my dad saw you in uh, Monterey, and he, you know he's the one that told you about the uh, bye bye. You know, we're talking." Says and he said, "Can you sign this?" He says, "Yeah, yeah." He says, "I got to get to the airport." He said, just sign it. He said, okay, he signed it, you know. Right. And then he takes off and he goes to the airport. And I guess that's what he leaves leaves out there. That's his driver to the airport. I got you. Okay. <laughs> right. so, so we got back home, and then uh, then I had it framed and everything for him. But that was uh, that was uh, all that just tied in. It was just a fun thing to do oh, with him. Right. And uh, and he he really is exactly like he like he think he is about being around cars. Mm-hmm. He knows them. He, he, uh, he likes them. He likes people that like them. Right. And, uh, the only thing I didn't ever get to do is to go see his garage, which, I, okay. which I would ask you. love right. to do. Right. Uh, right. I, my wife watches Kelly Clarkson, mm-hmm. who happens to be friendly towards him. And I guess their studio is very close to where his garage is. I see. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, uh, Every once in a while, he shows up in a hot rod car, and and uh, we were just talking with Eric. Um, she got to ride with uh, uh, Andretti yep. in, in that passenger oh, car. Oh, is that right? Oh, gotcha. Well, how how about and that? She said it just scared her to bejesus. She <laughs> right. did. She did not enjoy that. Gotcha. Yep. Said I couldn't wait to get out. She <laughs> said they come so close to the wall and they're going so fast, and of course. If you're a little bit timid to speed or you're a control feet, uh, freak, right? you don't like being right. that close to that sure. going that fast. Right. No right. matter who's driving. Right. No, that's right. She, she wasn't in any trouble. He probably wasn't going. I got you. How about that? <coughs> Excuse me. That's okay. Um, no, I mean, what a fun story. And I know that uh, I, th- I think I'd, that when we talked to you on the phone about coming over here, you had mentioned that, um, um, you know, I think Jay had mentioned to you that, you know, I'm often told how to pose and stage and 
smile and he goes the element that you saw me when i got that award was a true in fact genuine happiness and i really appreciated you sending me that picture and i think that went a long way for him so that, that's yeah. an awesome story it, to be able to it, share it, it did yeah he, right he really he literally uh looked like a little kid yeah you know? right and there's probably he can buy or sell or do anything he wants to sure. do but right. uh it'd be hard to please somebody like that to that degree right but i think it was that's that's not a you you don't buy your way into that event that's mm -hmm. really the people that really are the very particular and they probably would uh uh, go out of their way not to show favoritism right. just because it was his car. Because it was his, yeah. You no, know? Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And he recognized that. And yeah. that's why it was kind of kind of shocked in yeah. a way. No, no, that's, that. I mean, just a, such a cool story. And the fact that you got a shirt that was signed by him too just adds uh, icing to the cake here. Yeah. So <laughs> it's awesome. Um, let's take a quick moment and ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on ensuring not only your classic car, uh, but all your collectibles. You can find them at www.gdherring.com. And we are speaking again today with Paul Broughton. And Paul, again, thank you so much for um, joining us and uh, certainly a pleasure to have you back and um, so uh, we we were just talking about your experience with Jay Leno, but um, we need to circle back to your history here real quick and uh, talk about <clears throat> what got you interested in cars. You, you've obviously worked at some, uh, uh, you know, Uniroyal Tires. You were with General Motors for a number of years doing different things. T tell us about your experiences uh, with these um, in these industries. When I was, uh, my aunt tells the story uh, that um, she didn't have any children, and so I was somewhat her surrogate mm -hmm. child <clears throat> in a way. And um, But she said that when I was two, uh, that was a day before we had seat belts and we had bench seats, Okay, right. That I would stand up between her and my uncle when we would go for a ride, and that I could identify every car coming down the road. By age two. Yeah, right. Gotcha. And where that came from, I do not know. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but I, I did. I mean, I've liked, liked cars uh, since I can remember that part i didn't remember she she just tells that story and she said it was just uh uh it was just remarkable but of course as we both know there weren't that many cars out on the road and they were pretty easy to discern them mm -hmm. i got you uh, two all right, right. right. I, i've told somebody if you took all the uh, imported cars in the parking lot out the airport and took all the emblems off somebody would never find their car right Right, yeah. yeah. You know? They all look the same. Yeah. yeah. You, you stick, there's, they're so subtle that you really got to know right. what you're looking at. Right. So it was easier for me to do that at the time. But uh, to my knowledge, my parents didn't help me with that. It's just something that I acquired. <clears throat> so uh, I, I loved them uh, since I was that. Right. Still in diapers, right. basically. Yep, gotcha. And uh, <clears throat> I was influenced 
I shared with you, I believe, uh, that I had gone to uh, an exhibit in Detroit with Ford <clears throat> that had experimental cars in it. Mm-hmm. And that light bulb went off then, too. And you're age that, 10, I think you said. Uh, about 10 years yep, old. Right. That, that's, that, I didn't even know anything like that existed. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was the uh, beginning of me pursuing a path. Uh, initially, I've always, I'd always thought that I would like to be a car dealer. And my father used to buy, buy the cars for his company. He was responsible for the overall purchase. He didn't literally buy each one of them. Gotcha. Uh, and I remember when I was, oh, in the eight to 10 range, uh, he got an invitation uh, to come to the to look at the look at the cars, and we would go, and they put soap on the windows. And so the display of the dealership you couldn't see in, and sometimes they put a little porthole that you could kind of look in and see. And I vividly remember in 1955, Chevrolet came out with the V8, and they wanted to show that car, and they, oh, that was they'd come in. They would be covered up. We'd go in, and there would be, uh, I don't know what the material was, like a canvas over okay. the car. Right. You couldn't see them. You'd come in, and the windows were all had, had soap on them, some kind of soapy white-looking thing you couldn't see in. And it was just like Christmas opening. It was the most exciting thing. Right. And and I always got to go with them. And um, your display reminds me, of the fact that I also knew that dealers got little cars, little replica cars, mm-hmm. and all the dealers would have them on their desk. And I thought, wow, this is this is the life for me. That's what I want to do. Right. So <clears throat> during my high school years, I had developed uh, some contacts and so forth that uh, I was going to want to go to General Motors Institute uh, in Flint, Michigan, uh, for, uh, my degree, because I wanted to work for General Motors and I wanted to work at their proving ground. Oh, nice. That was, that was my goal. Mm -hmm. So my whole high school education was oriented towards that. The beauty of that was it was a five-year program, but it was a co-op program and you had to be sponsored by a plant. Okay. Or a facility so that you could work there all right and we lived in cleveland at the time that was easy to do because there were a number of plants around the cleveland area and in detroit we lived there too that i could get a sponsor and then that sponsor would take you through your college career but you would end up uh you could you would live close to home so you would stay at home while you were working, and then <clears throat> then go to school, and it would pay your tuition. So you gotcha. kind of got a scholarship in right. a way. Okay. Uh, but it was also a ticket to fast track you through the corporation, mm-hmm. assuming you knew what you were doing and you were passing in grades and so on and so gotcha. forth. The irony in that was that I was so focused on that I didn't have a plan B. Okay. And my father uh, was 
transferred back to Louisville, which is the home of Brown Williamson, mm -hmm. which is where he worked. And there's no General Motors plant here. Closest one was the Cincinnati. So that defeated the purpose of living at home and working. Gotcha. Okay. So my plan, the plan B was now where am I going to go? <laughs> but I still wanted to go to General Motors. I still wanted to work at the proving ground. And um, I had some people that uh, knew that. And so uh, they followed me through college. And when I got out, I was they hired uh, two people that year, and I was one of the two that they hired nice. to okay. go to GM Proving Grounds in Milford. Okay. So that all started from little things uh, right. as a child that I really didn't know that much about. The odd thing about it was <clears throat> I thought the best way to be a car dealer was to know how they were made and built and designed and everything else. Come to find out when I got out, I found out the people that usually did that had no background in cars per se. Gotcha. Uh, and or they came through the uh, zone uh, field offices, sales representatives, something like that, that got into that. And then I found out about what it entailed to be a car dealer okay, and the capitalization was required <laughs> right. and so on and so forth. So my, my, my intent was good, but my theory was not, uh, wasn't well thought through I see. On, okay. on that. So that's, that's how I got in, in the business. But, uh, I, I pursued all of that, ended up being able to do that, mm -hmm. but it was from, from those little sparks that, that, uh, it's funny that, uh, we're sitting here, and you you have the, all these models around here mm -hmm. in your office. There, mm -hmm. that's what reminded me of that. I, I got you. Yeah, I, you know, right. That uh, I never thought that you could buy one or have one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, during during those years, I used to build those cars, mm -hmm. the little plastic cars. Uh, I think it was AMT. I think is the name of the company that made models that you could do. And I would, I would, uh, I was a model builder. Okay. And I still have about twenty of those cars from, that I from there. For, for that nice. I did. But I used to do things like I would, I would cut the doors so that you could open the doors, and then I would fill in the the door jams so that you could see because of one there. Right. And I would take <laughs> I would take telephone wire and make spark plug wires for the engine oh, nice. gotcha. and things like that right. i would go sure. to something that was personalized that mm -hmm. i like to do right and i got great joy out of doing that right oh sure still yeah. re still remember that paint that we used to put on those cars that was airplane paint that was fairly toxic <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> that was some wild stuff there but sure. yeah right but uh but all of that came out of some exposures of things that that a child sees through mm -hmm. their eyes. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. uh, but I was fortunate enough to be uh, perseverant enough to keep going through it. So gotcha. that's where my career started. There you go. And so uh, how long were you at General Motors then? Uh, I was with the corporation uh, six years. Six years. And then you moved to Uniroyal from there? <coughs> no, I started... I started in Uniroyal before before I got out of college. Okay, gotcha. All yeah, right. I got assigned uh, 
to work for Uniroyal Tire, mm-hmm. and they uh, sent me to their proving grounds in Laredo, Texas. Okay. And uh, boy from Kentucky going down to Laredo, Texas was quite an experience. I got you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, for lots of reasons, but anyway, um, got to see um, how, how what they do on tire testing um, and uh, how they develop tires. Uh, I don't know if you've been up in Detroit, but mm-hmm. it used to be the uh, the marquee coming from the airport was a Uniroyal tire that looked like it was right in the middle of the interstate. It was about a hundred feet tall, okay, or a hundred feet in diameter. And it says Uniroyal. That used to be their main plant. All right. Uh, and uh, so I was I was on that uh, vein of of uh, proving grounds and tire testing. And what I what I thought I wanted to do is get out there and run on the cars. Right. Well, that's that's another dream that I didn't got co- you. come through. I got you. <clears throat> but the experience down there was interesting because. <clears throat> They could do that there because they could run year-round. So they don't have any problems with snow and ice and so on. They could drive and get the mileage up on tires that they were testing, that they were making. And uh, they make their track was made out of a material called caliche clay, which is indigenous to southern part of Texas. And it's a real hard clay that uh, it's rough, and so it would accelerate wear. So that was an important thing, and they had a they had a bank track like General Motors did. It's a five mile oval that you could literally uh, you had to main you had a speed you had to maintain in a lane, and if you maintained that speed, you could let the car go and it would just stay right there in that lane. Oh, okay. So you had a the minimum speed you could get on the track was sixty. You had a you had a merging lane that was forty. The first lane you could get in was sixty. Then it went to eighty. Then it went to a hundred, and then plus a hundred. And the one at plus a hundred is up at the top, and it would kind of it, it just your gravity was holding you. I got when you when you were going there. Okay. The huh. interesting thing about driving on that is the person from the rear has a right of way. It's kind of like driving an autobahn. Uh, Person from the rear has a right of way. Somebody's coming up on you, and he's doing faster than you. You're you, obligated to drop to a lower lane and let him pass. Yeah, I got you. Okay. <clears throat> so that was interesting. One of the one of the things that that I followed uh, during the this internship that I was doing was uh, finding out about tire failures and what caused tires to have some kind of a problem and uh, and some of the things that were related to running a track down there the inside of that track uh was cactus and brush and they had all kinds of things in there and they have an indigenous animal there called javelina okay javelina is a wild boar it's about uh it it looks like a ugly bulldog with with horns and big teeth. Okay, all right. Okay, and uh, the problem with those things are if you hit one of them, it's like running over a tree. Uh, 
they're not very vehicle friendly. I got you. Okay. And one of the worst wrecks I ever saw, that I ever physically saw, was uh, a fella in a uh, in a test car hit one of those, and he was in the, I think he was in the 80, 80 mile lane. For some reason, he hit it. Why that why that javelina was out there, I don't know. Anyway, he hit it. And it rolled that car so many times they could figure out how many Holy times it cow. rolled. No, oh, yeah, be darn. Is yeah. he all right? Was he all right? Oh, uh, he was. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah, but uh, it was it was a bad wreck. Then, then the other thing that happened was that uh, the the messiest one I saw. <laughs> I'd like to have seen that on camera. A fellow was in a pickup truck. And what would happen is that snakes would come out oh. of this infield area and get up on the track to get warm at night because it dropped, temperatures would drop at night. And they'd get up there and get warm because the track was warm. And then in, during the morning, the buzzards would come around and go after the snakes that had been run over by the cars. <laughs> Okay. Right. Well, I don't know if you know what how big a buzzard is. Oh, they're big. I can, yeah. Right. And, and and when you hit one square on, not expecting it at about eighty or ninety miles an hour, it makes a mess. Oh. And this guy in this pickup truck hit this hit this thing square, and went right through the windshield, splattered all over the all over the car. Oh. oh stunk it was just <laughs> right. it was just horrible you just don't you know you don't see things like that right but right. you yeah. know i learned some things mm -hmm. uh, and so <clears throat> every twice a year they would come in the spring and the fall they'd <clears throat> let the people of the area come in and do a hunt and they could they'd they'd start in one end and they'd go across and they'd They'd run all the javelina because those they're really good to eat. Okay, all right, yep. you know, and yep. they could go hunting, and so they're that's a wild time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so you know, the 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 business isn't all uh, all difficult. You know that those are just kind of things that I remember mm -hmm. never has seen before. But yeah, they turn them loose to go hunting the javelina. Be darn, isn't that something? Yeah, what a fun story. So, right. so because of that, though, I had some. I had a little bit uh, of an edge. That was during the time when, um, if you were uh, in, if you were in school or going to college, and you had worked for had a job that was related to uh, defense you could be exempt from the draft. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so uh, I saw that as a way to kind of get my name in the pot, gotcha. wh whether I pursued that or not, mm -hmm. because Unroyal was a defense contractor. Oh, okay. And so you can, uh, I, I'd have that going for me to take that relief away from me going through school wondering when the draft was going because that was about the time they were drafting Muhammad Ali and I figured I didn't have a chance if, yeah right yeah I got you so that, that that was part of the deal there plus it was exciting for me to do 
What it did do for me, though, is it gave me an entree into other things in my career, starting with me already having that experience in tires. I got kind of pointed in that direction Mm -hmm. uh, through GM, and it turned out that was an uh, oncoming um, priority that they were having, and I was right at the right place at the right time. Gotcha. And, and, and how long were you with them? <coughs> I was there a little over five years. Five years. Gotcha. Um, and then, so, uh, I know we're running uh, heavy on time here. Real quick, just uh, I think it's really neat with your background. Uh, what are some of the key things that you did over at General Motors uh, for them? Because you've got several things listed here. That yeah, the the one uh, I had three major projects that I had. Um, I was involved in the early um, testing of radial tires. Okay, uh, and they had some fun. They had problems with, or they needed documentation of how the belts were on, uh, how they were how they were applied. Uh, there were some problems with that, the failures that they would have. So I did some uh, surveillance testing. Okay. I did a lot of testing with uh, with with that. Um, we I got in early on in the uh, design and implementation of um, the run flat tire. Okay. Yep. Yep. And that was this was many years ago. We were developing that at the time, so okay. that was. That was a part of that, and then the the most interesting part of uh, what I did was that uh, it, it sounds crazy now because you wouldn't think this from a big corporation that the cars and the and the designers and of the different divisions would build a car. Let's use the Corvette as an example to have all these handling properties and do all this cornering and do everything. And then when the car was ready to be assembled, they would buy their tires from Goodyear, Firestone, or Uniroyal, whoever. And what went on the car was what they made. Okay. All right, gotcha. the, The tire was not made for the Corvette. It was just a tire. And so... What would happen is they would develop a car that was supposed to have all this ride and handling properties or whatever it was, and they find out that they put a tire on it, and it didn't do anything like it was designed, designed to, to do. do. So okay. the light bulb right. went off and says, huh, why don't we design our own tire and give the specifications to the tire manufacturers and say, you build it. I got you. And we'll put it on the car. Okay. And Mm so we'll put the kind of tire that goes on, whether it's a low profile, whether it's a high rated tire, whether they want it to have softer ride or harder ride, whatever it is, it went with what the engineers designed. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of feedback in that. So, it's which comes first. So we got you know is uh, to 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 design the specs. You've got to know how the car was built and what it was supposed to do. Right. Then then relate to the tire manufacturer as to what they want. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, <coughs> aspect ratios will vary 
upon the car, and it can certainly make a difference uh, in the handling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, ride and comfort and everything. Right, everything. Sure. In it. Yeah. And so if you notice on, on a tire that comes under General Motors, it has GM spec. Okay. And there's a code in there. To this day, it does. To this day, okay. That's every tire that's made. You know that that tire was, is supposed to go on that car oh, to okay. to optimize that car the way it was designed and engineered. And Isn't I I was on that team. Oh, oh, see, oh, that's neat. Yeah. So gotcha. Well, um, th- thank you for your time here. Sure. Um, um, this could lead into another totally uh fun uh discussion uh for another podcast that we'll do about this if you if you're interested sure. uh but um um yeah so uh, again paul broughton uh this has been such a fun and informative discussion and what a pleasure to have spoken with you yet again tonight so thank you nice to be on. with you uh, absolutely And for our listeners, remember to check our website out, www.theclassiccarcorner.com. If you are looking to get your classic car appraised or need any pre-purchase inspections done on any car of interest, I'd welcome the opportunity to help you. My contact information is jason at gdherring.com. Remember to check out autobiotags.com. Every car has a story. Be sure to tell yours. If you are looking for collector parts, check out cpx at www.collector.com partexchange.com. Thank you for listening and heavy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast.